What's up, everybody? This is Andrew May. This is the Allegory and Elm podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Katie May. We're here to shoot the shit and be real. So if that sounds like something you're into, let's go. Let's go. Hey, hey, hey. We're here today to talk about stories. Today is all about stories. Uh, The title of the episode is Your Story Matters. And uh, we just want to talk about why your story matters. So, Katie, why does your story matter? Well, I think there's like a lot of ways I think about stories because I think about my story of life and then I also think about stories that I make up and I tell myself about things or people because I'm really good at making up stories. So my story matters as far as my personal story about my life because what I've learned is really to understand why you are the way you are now in your life, you have to kind of go back as far as your childhood will allow you and think about that story and, you know, how you were raised, you know, some of the things that you were taught, beliefs. And it's not just necessarily influence from your parents. I mean, it could be parents it could be siblings it could be that bully in second grade it could be um, things in high school that happened to you college and so one thing I've done this past year and just sort of getting clearer about who I am and who I want to be it's caused me to have to really dive into my story yeah and figuring out some of those tightly held beliefs, some of them often self-limiting, to really figure out how do I want to be and how do I want to move forward and what do I want to believe and who am I? All those really deep life questions that, you know, a lot of people tend to ask. I feel like it starts with our story. Yeah. You really have to do like a self-evaluation and I agree, like you do have to go back as far as childhood because a lot of your story is formed very early in your life. And I feel like part of what has happened recently with us, why we're so there's such an emphasis on story for us is like with me talking about the affair, like with, with us kind of like with me telling you that, and then like us going public with it. Um, I, I feel like it's really caused us to evaluate when you drop a bomb like that, whenever you, you think that your story is this and you realize maybe your story is actually that Mm -hmm. you, you think it's one way and it's actually maybe kind of shatters everything that you thought you believed. That's something you even said, Mm -hmm. uh, maybe in your journal entry, but yeah, it, it causes you to reevaluate and to say like, what is this all about? What is life all about? And I think making sense of our story is really what a lot of us are attempting to do Mm -hmm. well and I think like really grappling with your story is really big in the process of meaning making for your life you know and I think one thing I've heard you know just about grief work and working through hard things is you know yes it sucks yes it's hard yes it's painful but what is actually allowing you to get through to the healing part is to be able to make meaning from it and in order to do that you really have to look at what is your story around that and Mm -hmm. 
and and this is kind of where it morphs into the stories that you make up because when you actually can look at those events or situations under the microscope you can start to see you know where there was truth but where there was also a lot of things that were made up because our minds like to think of things in completion and so whatever pieces of information we get we get but there's a lot of unknowns and so our minds try to fill in some of those gaps and so it's completely human to create stories around stories Mm -hmm. and sometimes those stories are helpful sometimes they help you get through things that you know maybe you couldn't without making up those stories and sometimes they actually limit you and so it really it's variable right You know, and I think one thing I've learned is being willing to embrace and both let go of stories. Yeah. Yeah. It's tricky to, uh, to, to kind of navigate, like, is this a story that my mind is just spinning or is this something that I actually need to pay attention to in terms of like being taught something and learning something new Mm -hmm. and Oftentimes, I've never really heard it said the way that you said it, like of we like to have completion, like we like to have complete thoughts and we just fill in the gaps. Uh, I think that's a really interesting way of putting it. And that's oftentimes like whenever something in my life is not going the way that I want it to, that's often when I I make up the, the kind of false mm. stories. So if you know, I'm wanting allegory and elm to do really well and it's not doing very well. I will create stories as to why maybe it's not doing very well. Um, and I, I know like, I I don't like to get too personal. Well, that's a lie. I mean, we fucking talked about. <laughs> what? I don't like to bring family members into stories that I share because they're not my stories. Mm. But uh, one this one's important, so I am going to share it. One story that I had made up was uh, the day that my mom died um, in 2018. I, Katie and I, like, you kind of have to live your life. And Katie and I, for like, I, my mom had cancer for five years. So, like, you know, you you get to a point where you're like, you can't just say, well, we're not going to take that trip because, you know, what if my mom dies while I'm gone? And so we had planned a trip to Portland, Oregon, and that's where we were when my mom died. And uh, I probably should have communicated that, like, if she died while I was gone, that I wanted a phone call. And I didn't communicate that to anyone. So, you know, that's somewhat on me. But, like, uh w- when it happened, I just like, we woke up that morning. It was our last day there. Um, like our last full day there. And I had a text. I just read the text that said, you know, essentially like mom died. Like there was probably more to it than that, but all I could focus on was the fact that someone texted me that my mom died, that like, I didn't get a phone call. And so I like, uh, my younger sister had sent the text and I was um, just really upset. And so like my story of it was that my dad just couldn't handle like calling me and telling me that my mom had died. It was just too hard on him. But 
after like over a year's worth of like hanging on to that a little bit and through this process really of talking out this yeah bomb drop <laughs> yeah I, I was able to talk to my sister and just kind of like share some of that and she was able to share her perspective she kind of like just felt like she was doing the best with the knowledge that she had so she was like hey I, i'm gonna let andrew know as soon as possible and um probably like 30 seconds after she had sent the text my dad came out and was like have you texted anybody and um she was like yeah i just texted andrew and my dad just kind of like hung his head and so you know the real story was that my dad probably wanted to call and just um didn't you know because the text had already been sent and this isn't like like a story to you know make my sister out to be a villain or anything that was that's not the point the point is is that like i had made up this story in my mind uh to complete the circle of of what had happened and it was that um my dad was a coward was kind of the story that i had mm. created and it wasn't true at all so like you can pigeonhole people by creating stories about them you can say oh this person's this uh, because these events happen and you have no context for the, the events. So I would caution people if there are events that happen and you, your mind starts spinning and trying to come up with reasons why things turned out the way they did rather than just letting the wheels spin mm -hmm. and, and going off on that to create your own narrative, actually talk to people and you can do it in a way that's non-confrontational. I don't know if you have like good strategies on that. I'm kind of a little bit abrasive and I, I'd love to get to where I'm not as abrasive with people when I try to like be direct. Um, Curiosity. Yeah. 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 Talk about that. some. I mean, I think I, I'm not always the best uh, direct communicator. I mean, I think I screw it up with the rest of them, but one thing I've learned about if you want to be direct, but you want to sort of move it in a more empathic way is start with curiosity, you know, because I think like, let's say you wanted to address your sister with this and you wanted to, you know, your gut instinct was to really just be harsh and like, why didn't you call me? I needed a phone call. Mm -hmm. Well, if you lead with curiosity, then you're automatically going to be more empathetic if you think from a very curious, like, tell me what was going on right when mom died, you mm -hmm. know, what was happening and what was that like for you? Um, yeah. Even just that one question, you're going to get their perspective. And, and I think you probably would have very easily been able to see, like, she probably would have said something like, well, it was really emotional and it was really hard to see dad, you know, with her at the end and, or who, you know, or, you know, dad, I came in and told dad I had texted everybody and he was kind of, you know, not disappointed, but you could tell he really wanted to actually be the one to communicate. So just that one simple frame of a question, you get their perspective. Mm -hmm. And I think that perspective taking is really important when it mm -hmm. comes to stories because we all have stories. We all have our own perspectives. And one thing that I have done some research on is how to build resilience, um, especially from like a nursing perspective, but I think it crosses into real life too. And I think we have to be really careful about 
taking perspective of our own perspective, but also honoring other perspectives. Because the reality is, most of the time, people are doing the absolute best that they can mm-hmm. in the moment. With And I think that's kind of what you talked with your sister about from our perspective of all that we've shared in this last few weeks mm-hmm. is, you know, we could have told our families in detail before all of this dropped, but we didn't. And we were pretty strategic in that and we made choices, but we were also making the best decision that we could in the moment, in the time with what we knew and what we had. And hindsight's always going to be 2020. You're always going to be able to look back and say, well, I could have done it. I could have done it this way, or I should have done it this way. And when you say I should have, you're kind of shooting all over yourself, like, Mm -hmm. because you're always going to find ways you could have done something different. And so I think it's important to just be open to perspective, Mm -hmm. both sides. Right. Yeah. In listening to you saying, like, come from a place of curiosity, like, I really wish I had dealt with that differently and dealt with it a long time ago, as opposed to like now, I think you can hold on to things and it builds resentment. Um, and it creates walls between you and other people. And I think that's possibly what has happened there. You know, like I still love people, but it does create a barrier to where you could, you feel like you can only go so far because, man, they fucked me over or like, man, they did this shitty thing. And like, that's, I'm, I'm not like ruminating on it all the time, but it's still somewhere up in the brain. Right. Well, I mean, the other thing your brain's going to try to do is protect your ego. So it's going to try to tell you things that protect your ego. Yeah. And so you as an evolving emotional human <laughs> without, you know, just the, you know, caveman brain, you have to really be mindful of the stories because your brain is trying to protect you, but it's really hindering you from emotional availability. Right. And and what you're kind of describing of putting up the walls or kind of like keeping yourself boxed in is, you know, it's the art of vulnerability to break through all of that. Right. Um, which I think we're learning a lot about. Yeah. And I think it's twofold. Like I didn't have the courage to talk to my sister about it because I felt like I was going to come from a place of anger or frustration uh, rather than curiosity. And I didn't have the courage to talk to my dad about it because uh, I just, you know, in, if I had gone to him with the same like level of curiosity, like, Hey, um, you know, I know it was really hard the day that that mom died. I was just curious as to why nobody called me, like, you know, why I got a, a text instead. And, uh, I think that would have really helped f- mm-hmm. for me to just having a conversation with one or the other of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Clearing the air. And then maybe once you have the full context, being able to make a better assessment and, and have a better story that you don't have to create. That's already like, it's just actually a little bit more factual and less based on feelings. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a really important point because, you know, I think emotional landscapes and learning about your feelings and going with your gut is, you know, all of those things are still important, but I think there is sort of a limit to where those cease being the only way. And you have to really look at the facts of the situation 
you know, I think our feelings, our emotions, um, our feelings are the alert to, oh, I need to really dive into this a little bit more. They're kind of like the signaler of, Mm -hmm. hey, this is really bothering you or, hey, this really made you feel really clammy and or, hey, when you think about this, you get short of breath or your heart races like Anytime you have something that's coming up for you like that, that's like a, hello, pay attention. I'm feeling this and this is important. And it's not necessarily like we need to give into this feeling and we need to just go down this rabbit hole of like all of this emotion, but it's a signal to stop right. and really figure out what's behind the emotion. Yeah. Yeah. Have you found that like, I guess, where have you found that stories have like manifested the most for you in your life? I mean, I think, I think even in our marriage, you know, like I've had stories around, especially like when I don't feel like there's been times that have been less supportive of you or me. Where I've been less supportive of you. Yeah. I mean, I definitely like early on in finding out about the affair, Mm -hmm. I had a bunch of stories about, you know, he's just selfish or he's just going to do this again or um, how could I trust him again if he, you know, like I would create a lot of stories around that or like, you know, he's never done, he doesn't do the dishes and he never will do the, I mean, it can be simple shit. Like he will never do the dishes and he's always lazy and he's always leaving his shit everywhere. And he's, you know, never doing laundry. And, um, that is a very dangerous place. Mm-hmm. And not that I don't still do that sometimes, or I'll, I'll start to do that. And, but I'm able to catch myself now and be like, no, no. First mm-hmm. of all, <laughs> what do you need from him be more clear, you know, he will tell you if he can or can't meet that need right now. And also coming from a place of gratitude and I think less critical and more supportive of, you know, hey, I really appreciated when you took the kids out for dinner last night and gave me this time. Or, hey, I really see you over there working really hard to do this. Like, really acknowledging like the reality in front of you rather than the story that I make up about what you are or aren't doing right. for me. Right. That's yeah. been huge. Okay. I don't know if you felt that being different in our marriage. Yeah, I have. And I feel like when I talk to you about different things, yeah, it, it makes it so things don't turn into an argument like a lot. I, f- I, f- feel like within this last year specifically there's been a real shift and we're like 14 years into marriage like coming up yeah um that's coming up real soon and i i feel like there has been a shift to where when we do like have tension when we come at it from a place of uh support and checking in with yourself. Yeah. And realizing like what I think a good barometer or a good question to ask yourself is like, what, what do they do? Like what, what do they do well? Or like, you know, if it is me leaving dishes and leaving uh, my shit around all over the place, it's like thinking about like what things I do really well to support you. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And it sounds like you have been doing that. And I feel that whenever you bring, when we go into conversations that could turn into arguments, which I feel like in the past, they really typically do turn into arguments. Well, I mean, like last night is a great example of like, I didn't really tell you I had two appointments today and you didn't tell me you had an appointment. And then it was like, oh, we have the kids and who's get, who gets to do what they want to do. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I started to get defensive and I don't think I completely responded the way I wanted to, but I started, the story started and the story in my head was, oh, he doesn't really care about what you're trying to build. He, he doesn't really mm-hmm. care about that. He wants, you know, what he wants and he doesn't care about what you're doing. And that's, that was complete bullshit. Like, I know that you care and you support it. And it's really just a matter of communicating and, yeah, for sure. And figuring out how we both can feel like our needs are being met and we have the time. You know, I think that's a negotiation in any relationship, but especially when both people are trying to, you know, build things or grow things, you know, it's it takes a lot of negotiation. Yeah. Yeah. My story, which I'm like kind of cracking up in my mind. My story was Katie thinks what she's trying to do, you know, with your nurse coaching stuff is more important than what I'm trying to build. And it's hilarious to me because like you have already put in loads of hours with me, like podcasting and recording these episodes and, you know, just showing up and supporting. And you, you were just gone the whole weekend with the girls. And so like, it's really easy to have tunnel vision with these are my needs and they're not being met rather than like kind of stepping back. I think that's, that's big with uh, not miss representing and not misunderstanding stories is to take a few breaths, take a few steps back and look at the whole picture because the whole picture of what you're actually doing is very supportive. I just kind of saw like, Oh, she thinks that she, these meetings are like more important than uh, me getting the, the miscarriage stuff out that, you know, is, Mm -hmm. is for that week or, or, you know, the, um, the other stuff I have to do for my business. Yeah. I mean, I think it's always good to reevaluate and evaluate your conversations too. And this could happen in friendships too. I mean, I think there any relationship, coworkers, marriage, friendships, parents, family members, like we make up so many stories about people and we box people in. Yeah, we do. I mean, I'm going to be real with you right now. You boxing my ass in? <laughs> no, I bo- I have boxed you in in the past. In in what ways? Well, before I like knew the depth of why you were the way you were, like I just thought, man, I married a really nice. I mean, I think we even talked about like you're not the same person I married. And yeah, you mess- you married like, like a real sweet good. I Christian married boy. Andy, and he was so free. Mm-hmm. And then I get this guy who's kind of a dick. Yeah. A little prickly there. And I rode that out for several years. Like, Oh, you wrote it. I don't know. <laughs> okay. That was a bad choice of words. I navigated this <laughs> for several years 
and not really knowing, you know, and I think we all do this where we're like, oh, that's just Andrew or, oh, that's just so-and-so. Like, they're just going to always be this way. Like, they're just always, they will never change. And that is such bullshit. One, I am so proud of you. I I mean, I think we've just scratched the surface of who you are, what you're capable of, the depth of your soul, the depth of love that you have for us. And I'm just proud to like watch your transformation and be a part of that transformation, which I never thought would come. Yeah, I kind of had lost hope that we would be able to kind of get through the anger and the callousness i thought man i know there's like grumpy old men but like what about this guy (laughs) he's like 30 and he is grumpy (laughs) and curmudgeony and not that you didn't have like really fun Uh qualities at times but like there was definitely a different way about you than i've seen in the last year i I don't know if you can speak to that transformation and but I had made up a story about you and boxed you into that. And I'm so glad that that story is wrong. <laughs> yeah. I touched on it in last episode or in the grief episode, wherever we decide to place that one. But I touched on the fact that I had just years and years of like built up anger. And most of it was tied to the affair and the anger that I had towards myself. And so like I it's all woven in my story of like the the bulimia too was probably just partially self-punishment because I would like exercise too and punish myself like with exercise like you can you can do exercise and have it be like difficult but like I would actually like do it as, as a punishment to myself Mm -hmm. in a way of like, you did this wrong thing. So like, here's the way we're going to like get that Mm. out of your system. Um, so there were those things, but like, yeah, I, in looking back on it, I do feel like there was a lot of like self-hatred. And so that's why I was just always so prickly. And then with my mom's cancer journey, her eventual death, that was like a culmination of, of all of that too. Uh, it made me just a really angry person. And I had that breakdown in the grief episode where I just bawled because I had realized that like anger just made me stuck. Mm. It made me stuck in a place of building up walls around me, uh, in an attempt to protect myself. But what I was actually doing was just, making making it so it was harder for you to connect with me so it was harder for me to connect with my kids um it just made everything way harder Mm -hmm. and i think that i've learned throughout the process that like being honest and being open living in light and truth and all of that stuff has made me feel like i can actually love who i am i can actually love this person because he's someone who's lovable or love worthy or however you want to say that. Like I feel like the person who I am today is someone who is actually worth loving because I'm not keeping secrets. I'm not um, Mm. living a lie. I'm not like, I'm actually the person who I am 
want to be. I'm mm. moving towards like that. You know, we all probably have an idealized version of ourselves. And like, I feel like I'm more that version mm -hmm. uh, rather than just an asshole. You feel more at peace with yourself? Yeah, I do. Like more in alignment with who you are and who you want to be. And yeah. Like you're living out of your values. Yeah, I felt like beforehand I was living out of like what other people said I should mm -hmm. be. Like the Jesus, who do you say that I am? Kind of like, and the like, we've got this pre-prescribed path for your life. And that's not what I want for my life. I want to dictate and determine like, what that looks like for me. Yeah. And if that's idolatry, then that's me. I think there's such value in owning your own story because that means you get to rewrite it over and over and over again. However many times it takes you to get the story that you want for your life. Yeah. You take on new perspectives and you're able to kind of say like, oh, maybe this is how the story goes. And so, yeah, you can kind of like, rewrite it from a, a different vantage, I think, as you learn and as you grow. Yeah, it's powerful. Stories are powerful. I think one thing I've learned just in working with so many different people, the fastest way to get to know someone is to just let them talk about their story. Yeah. Which in, in a lot of senses, their life. But I think one thing I've learned is how to ask questions open-ended questions to get people opening up about their life. Right. And I think it's so important that, you know, we don't always have time to do that, but I think when we can really just give people space, like people want to share who they are. I mean, I think a basic human need is to be seen, known, and heard. Right. Like those three things we all want. And that doesn't necessarily mean known on like a global level or national level or, but to be known by the people that you hold dearest, I think is a, it's a basic human need. Yeah. But I think that a lot of people are afraid of that too. There's some, I mean, I think we've had fear around just claiming who we, who we are actually are and who we, yeah. And as opposed to what, others perceive us or what we think others perceive us as the that's, story that's that a we, big one. the story we make up about, well, if they really knew this about me or who I am, they wouldn't love me. Yeah. I mean, I think that's essentially why you kept your secret for so long because you had made up a story about how I would react or what that would mean for your life or our relationship. Like instead of just letting it be what it was, Right. You had sort of crafted the story around it and it kept you silent. Yeah. And I, I think that was another piece of the anger was feeling like I couldn't tell anybody about these certain things. Like that was one layer, but like a whole nother layer was my faith. Uh, we grew up pretty conservative Christian. And then I even studied youth ministry in college and uh, ended up not really using my degree, but like my path kind of took me in a direction where I no longer identify as Christian. Like I'm not a Christian. Uh, and we can, we're we going to do an episode talk about that. on that. And, uh, you know, it, that doesn't mean tune out. That doesn't mean stop listening. Like it, it just means it may challenge you in your faith. If you are a Christian, like that's beautiful. I'm so glad for you. I think that uh, a lot of Christians live out of their values and, um, 
I, I think that, that that can be a beautiful thing that gives your life a whole lot of meaning and purpose. Uh, so we're not trying to take away by sharing our story. Yeah. We're not trying to take away anybody else's story. Yeah. But what I was saying was that that as well was another thing that I just felt like I had to keep a secret mm-hmm. because everyone I felt like that was in my circle of people it felt like they were all Christian as well. We live in the South. Um, and I just felt like if you come out with that, you're going to be on an island. And that's where I felt like I was for a long time, was on an island because nobody understood what mm-hmm. I was going through. And I wasn't telling them, so they couldn't understand. So, like, you you can actually box yourself and you talked about boxing me and like mm-hmm. a lot of times we box ourselves in and we say, okay, this is my lane. I'm going to stay in it. But I say, fuck the lanes uh, and fuck the box. Um, there are no boundaries <laughs> and there are a, boundaries. <laughs> maybe don't fuck the box. <laughs> Question the box. <laughs> uh, we don't want holes in boxes. Okay. Be curious about the box. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's very true. Like, I think there's lots of reasons that we limit ourselves. I think some it's self-limiting, some it's because of other people's attempts to limit us. And I think Mm -hmm. what we've realized is, one, you don't have to ask permission. No. from, From anyone. Preach you really just have to give yourself permission to do whatever you want to do. Yeah. You know, obviously we don't want you or us going around like hurting people or doing crazy shit. That's like really hurting someone. I mean, what we're doing could potentially, I guess, hurt someone's feelings or I don't know. I would say that's a different perspective of hurt, but, um, but I think otherwise, as long as you're kind of living in the, your morals and the law of what's going to keep you out of like legal trouble. Right. (laughs) Like you don't have to have permission. Yeah. And don't think small. Like I think with my business and with like, even in our relationship, I've thought very small in the past and like even little things, like I'm realizing that with our wedding, like it wasn't exactly what I would have wanted for my current self. And so like we have the option to just get remarried. Like we can go do a vow renewal or we can go off and like pretend like it's our our wedding again and have someone take photos and dress up and we plan on doing that. We we want to make something that feels meaningful and genuine to who we are today and you know committing to the people who we are today. And that's a big thing about marriage that I like tell younger people who are getting married is like, you're actually, you, you don't realize when you're 20, we were 21 and 22 that you're committing to being married to that person when you're 30 and being married to that person when, you know, that the 40 year old version, the 50 year old version of that person, you have no idea what the 50 year old version Mm -hmm. of Katie or Andrew is going to be. And, you know, that's, that's some, I feel like that may be part of why there's so much divorce and so much like, Mm -hmm. there's so much expectation around what marriage is supposed to be. There's so much expectation around sex and all of that. And then when you feel let down, a lot of people bail and don't put in the work. Yeah. Or reevaluate, you know, what you actually need for yourself and and can that, can you and that partner still be together in that? 
even right. though you've changed, even though Katie and Andrew are two pretty completely different people <laughs> than when we got married, definitely from where we met. Can you recommit yourself to yourself first in your own growth? And then can you come together with that partner and support each other's growth? Yeah. That's the real call of marriage. And what somebody says, I've been married four times or whatever. It just so happens I've been married to the same person, but you like pretty much have remarry. to remarry that person in, in like, your mind, in your mind. Cause you're, you're addressing sometimes a completely different human, you know, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, 30 years. And and we've only been married for 14. So I'm sure there are a lot of people out there who've been married a lot longer than we have, who could share tremendous amounts more of wisdom. If you'd like to reach out, we could arrange a deal here on the allegory noun podcast. So we have a very, you know, less than 20 year perspective on marriage. But what we've learned so far is that, you know, that you're going to change and you're going to grow. And that's not a bad thing. Yeah. And there's no judgment too. like, if you decide that you you just don't want to be married to that person anymore, like working through, like if the change is so much or there is damage that has done so much to where you're just like, I, I want for my life this other thing, then like you need to be honest with yourself about that and you need to be honest with your partner about that because those two things may not align and you you may discover late in life that like something you just didn't realize when you got married to that person. You may discover that you're gay later in life. Like, and I don't know how that works. I don't know if one day you just wake up and you're like, oh, I'm kind of attracted to the same gender or, or whatever. Like, I, th- I think that those things can come up. And so if those things are there, there's like really no judgment um, as to like, if you need to get divorced, like it, we would love to do an episode on divorce, but we're not experts. So like, that's one thing that I, I do want to reach out to the community about. I've been talking, we've gotten such great feedback on the podcast and uh, I just interact with different people. And I feel like there are so many scenarios where, I feel like other people's stories would be so interesting to share and, and their perspective had dinner with a couple who, uh, you know, the, the woman, she had had a severe eating disorder, anorexia and got down to like 81 pounds. And I would love to like have people who are willing in the community to come on and share that type of thing because it's relatable to someone. There is like, even if you like are scrolling, scrolling through in that episode, you're like, ah, that's not for me. I didn't have an eating disorder. There is something you can get out of listening to people being vulnerable and, and, you know, perspectives c- coming, coming out in a way and saying like, Hey, I dealt with this really hard thing. How did you come out of that really hard thing? That's where, uh, the human condition I think mm-hmm. is so interesting to observe and to, to learn from. Well, and I think hearing other people's stories in vulnerability and truth from their perspective, you can really start to see the lines of connection as humans. Like we really aren't that different. Yeah. Yeah. We all want a lot of the same things. And so, yeah, community, like basically if you feel like there's something that you've struggled through and you actually want to be on the podcast, like definitely 
uh, reach out. You can, uh, or if you have a story you want to be shared, reach out. And then also we're coming up with uh, new episodes where we're going to be talking about porn, one where we're going to be talking about religion, faith, uh, all that stuff. And we're going to, we're going to put out stuff to uh, have you just kind of email in uh, either with like an audio, you know, just get on your phone and record some audio and email it to us with your thoughts on the certain subject matter. But we really want to start including the community more in uh, in what we're doing here at Allegory and Elm. I initially thought, oh, Katie and I will like do six solid months of just the two of us. But like as I've like gotten into this, I just realized collaboration is key uh, and and really exploring what other people have to say. Like, I feel like maybe after a while, what we have to say is it will, it could get a little stale, but like, there's so much room for exploration of what other people, uh, of their stories. And like, also if you're listening right now, when we say your story matters, it's not just like a cheeky catch line, uh, or catchphrase. It's something we truly mean. Like we believe that your story matters. We believe that our story matters. And, uh, trying to dissect it and understand it is kind of the work that we've been doing in the last year, really, like really focusing on it. And we've seen tremendous growth in our marriage and in our personal lives. And we're nowhere near perfect. We're still moving in a direction. So uh, I think relationally too, with, with other people we've seen, yeah, even just since the first episode, <laughs> yeah, like the stories that we've heard from people or people reaching out, you know, sharing their lives is huge. And, and it's really created a connection with people we never expected. Yeah. You don't realize how many people are dealing with the same shit that you are or similar. And so it really does make you feel not as alone to share some of your dark stuff. I, I feel like if you go through your life holding that stuff back and keeping it to yourself, uh, that's what our parents' generation was kind of taught to do. But like their parents grew up during the Great Depression and they probably weren't like they, they didn't were have probably time treated for stories. Yeah, they or were emotions. probably treated like, <laughs> yeah, your emotions don't like not don't matter, but like emotions were probably put very low. It was like, well, you think we, of the hierarchy of needs, right? <laughs> yeah. Like we're trying to know where we get the next biscuit. Okay. <laughs> like we don't know if we're going to eat your today. feelings. Yeah. yeah. We don't have time to worry about your feelings and your emotions. And so it makes sense when you think about it generally, generationally. And now I think our generation and then ger- generations, you know, coming behind us, we're kind of like, well, this, these are really important. And whereas like our ancestors would probably look at us and be like, this is hard. This is hard work. Yeah. You think this is hard work? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so, but it's a different kind of work. Yeah. It's a different kind of work and there's a depth to it and it's going to take time. It's a cultural shift, I think. No doubt. And, and the only other thing I just want to say is if you're sitting there thinking, I don't really have a story that anybody will care about. Bullshit. That is a story because people will care about it. If you care about it, if you think it's important and you want to share it, share it, share it with us, share it with someone you love, share it on your own platform, wherever you want to share it. It's fine by me, but don't make up a story that nobody's going to care. 
Because we could have said that too, and we would have been missing an opportunity. Right. Yeah. So share your story. You can email Andrew May at allegoryandelm.com. Or you can ask questions there. So you can shoot us over questions uh, or topics that you want us to discuss. We've got a whole list of things that we're going to be talking about, but uh, we also are interested in what you, the audience, wants to hear us talk about. So that's where it's really at. Yeah, we're here to serve you, really. Yeah, dude. I think that's a good podcast right there, man. Yeah. Lastly, I will say your story matters. If you found value in this episode, it's likely that someone you know will as well, and you can actually share it with them. By clicking the three dots within the podcast app, hit share, and you can share it with anyone in your contacts list. Also subscribe so you can be notified when we post new episodes. Please write a review of what you think about the podcast and give us a five-star rating as well. It really helps us to reach more ear holes. You can also find us on Instagram. Katie is at Embrace Yourself Whole. Andrew is at Allegory and Elm. And we'll also be sharing some stuff on youtube.com slash allegory and elm. We're doing shorter form content over there, two to five minute videos with our major takeaways from these episodes. Also, the entire episode can be found in video format there. So you can share that with your homies. Thank you guys so much for listening. Your story matters. Cheers.